0: This episode is sponsored by SoFi. Borrow more with less money down. Find out how at SOFI.com.
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Time is money. Money is power. Power is pizza. Pizza is knowledge. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you? And what are you drinking?
0: Dude. Uh, It's finally nice here in Hoboken. I'm doing wonderful. And I'm getting sophisticated because I have Beer Advocate up.
1: Oh, So so
0: I'm not just looking at my beer bottle. I'm just saying like it's awesome. Um, I'm drinking Boris the Crusher Oatmeal Imperial Stout. And Beer Advocate says it's 94. And the Bros, I'm not sure what that means, but I already like them. They're saying it's 93 out of 100. And uh, Laura opened the bottle and she was just like, fuck yeah. I like to
1: think the bros are just like a random sampling of like frat boys. They just go to (laughs) random campuses like, hey, taste this beer. What do you think? And And then they're just like, like, yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down this time. I'll get 93 from that. (laughs) (laughs) What are you drinking? I am drinking coffee Uh, latte, actually. Mm. Yeah, because it's actually morning. I mean, it's morning for you, but you don't. You don't acknowledge the existence of morning. Apparently people don't drink beer in the morning. (laughs) What? (laughs) Actually, you know, we were talking about like all this history stuff before we started recording. People used to drink beer for breakfast. Mm. That was like the thing. And then and then coffee and tea became a thing. And then we switched to things that make us energetic in the morning instead of groggy.
0: I resonate with the imperialists. Do you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll sign you up for the time machine the moment we get it invented. <laughs> Done. <Dumb. laughs> all right, guys. So today, on today's episode... Oh, first, uh, the catchphrase came from Chandra and the community. So... Thank you for the catchphrase, and if you're in our community, you can uh, send us one, and we'll read it on the show. Otherwise, on Twitter, at Money Matters Man is where you can tweet catchphrases if you don't happen to be in the community. But today, guys, we are talking to Al Bentley, who is the founder and CEO of a company called Simply Wall Street, and uh, Al, welcome to the show. I just want to say, like, the design of what you're making is absolutely killer, And uh, and spammers are calling me, so... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just leave that in there. I usually remember to put my phone on do not disturb. But they got better me this time. But yeah, Al, how, how's it going? Yeah, very good. How are you guys?
0: Good. Awesome, dude. Um Thomas found uh your site and I've been kind of addicted to it lately. Uh can you Well, actually before we even jump into the site, um you windsurf and you're from Australia.
2: Uh yeah, I I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a dying sport that, that no one does anymore. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I guess I like challenging things. Is it that, do you have to learn how to regular surf before you windsurf? Uh, it's not. It's not really particularly related to surfing. It's more related to to sailing. Um, but uh, it's just really hard. I guess just takes a long time to learn. And I think nowadays no one can be bothered. Okay,
1: you know what? I would do it if I had access to an ocean. Mm. And, and wind I would definitely do something like that because I've seen some <laughs> of the videos and like it's insane so and I mean if well, anything it's... insane I want to do I want to do like water jet packs and basically anything crazy <laughs> on water
2: yeah Australia's pretty good it's one of the advantages of living here to get you know it's warm and it's uh, it's windy and yeah it's, it's, it's a good place good spot
1: awesome so the thing about our podcast is we usually recommend people to do just like you know, buy and hold index funds or or mutual funds, like we're pretty conservative investors for the most part. But we do get a lot of questions about picking individual stocks. I mean, I think it's inevitable. At some point, someone's going to come to the point in their investing career where maybe they want to dip their toes into individual stock picking. uh, And then the rest of us are just simply curious. So I was just poking around and I might have heard about Simply Wall Street on Reddit. Uh, I think that's where I heard about it. But I noticed like you guys had this ridiculous detailed um, company uh, analysis model in GitHub. And that plus like the awesome design of your site just made me really interested in the app. And I've been checking it out and I told Andrew about it. And Andrew's even geekier than me. So we just kind of wanted to pick your brain on what it takes to pick an individual stock and not lose money, basically. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's
2: sort of funny you, you say that because we actually don't advocate picking individual stocks. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're uh, we're we're kind of advocates of buy and hold uh, portfolios, which does involve picking you know stocks for the portfolios. But I think just saying you know this one stock uh, is is going to you know be a winner. Uh, that's definitely not what what we're about.
0: So I think then we we kind of share the same mindset. Um, but then where does simply Wall Street come in because you guys go like super detailed on individual stocks and you like tell us all the way down to like if the CEO is overcompensated and and all this cool stuff.
2: Mm. Yeah exactly. I mean so I mean just I guess good to touch on what you mentioned earlier Thomas. Um like we we have nothing against um index funds or or funds in general. I mean I think they're great and we think they're great and you know that's going to happen in Simply Wall Street soon, so you guys get really excited about that. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who who like to do both, or they just like to invest in companies or invest in um, a portfolio of companies. And I think, like as you touched on, you know, index funds are they're, they're pretty boring. <laughs> uh, you know, you buy it and there's nothing really happening. It's actually quite fun to be buying. You know, really, what you're doing is you're buying. You're buying bits of companies. And you know, that's what we that's how we think of investing. And you know, we don't think we don't you probably one thing um which is kind of cool about Simply Wall Street, we don't really show share price on the whole site. Uh oh, shit. And that's, that's
0: true.
1: That's kind you of important what? I didn't notice thing. that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah.
2: Because we're trying to take people away from that and we want to try and get people into this this mindset. Of saying, uh, you know, okay, this is a company. I'm buying a bit of a company, and and what does it look like? Um, and share price. I mean, share price is in there. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's kind of part of all the analysis. Um, so that's really what we're about. Um, and I, and I think we, you know. So going back to your original question of picking individual stocks. Um, I mean, yeah, it is fun. It's it's fun to pick individual stocks, and people love it. And people are never going to stop doing that. And what we want to do is help people become better at that and 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 go from that to creating a portfolio of stocks and and that's you know that's really the dream is uh, is becoming someone who's like a self-directed investor and doesn't need the index fund anymore
1: okay so your ideal is not to pick individual stocks for the purpose of buying and then selling quickly but to pick them individually to over time aggregate kind of a, a customized fund for yourself right exactly
2: yeah exactly yeah
1: Okay. And is that like, and that, and that, that we're not
2: trying to say that that should be your entire um, portfolio. You know, you mm -hmm. might have some of it in property, you might have some of it in index funds, you know, but what we're saying is, is that what we're going to do is make it super, super easy to do direct, what we call direct equities or, you know, hold direct shares. Um, Because everyone thinks it's super complicated and it's really not.
0: So, um, we, we did an episode like maybe two years ago or something at this point, And it was like, use Google Finance to research your companies. You know, they have like a, a portfolio component. So you could add in like tickers and kind of like see your your basket of stocks. You know, we discussed like P.E. And I mean, I'll be honest, and I love this stuff. It's super overwhelming. All these details and, and knowing like the importance of them. uh you guys like took a completely different approach can you kind of like explain like how you guys analyze a company
2: <laughs> that might take a while but yeah um, <laughs> yeah sure i mean yes yeah, so it's, it's sort of interesting um if you think about andrew what you just said you know oh, i'm going to research a stock and i'm going to go on google finance like google finance doesn't really tell you anything about stock it just tells you. The, the, how the share price has moved and and then everyone gets super hung up on that, and they 're like, "Oh, you know, maybe I can like predict the price based on previous prices and yeah, some but kind the, of the past' chart.
0: is no indication of the future
2: yeah, exactly, and then mm-hmm. you go into sort of chart, chart this chartist thing, which is just like, yeah anyway, I mean yeah, enjoy that and um, and then and then yeah, there's some ratios on there, which is great, but like the ratios have no context, so i mean unless you unless you 're someone who has that knowledge they 're really quite meaningless and then the ratios, you know, you have to compare them to the industries and stuff like that. So, yeah, so anyway, that that stuffs. I mean, basically, the way we look at all those sites, like Google Finance and Yahoo Finance, the way we look at them is, like, let's think, who, who built that site? Like, whoever built that site is probably someone who knows about finance. And so they're building the site and they're thinking, yeah, you know, you know what everyone wants to see? They probably want to see a price chart. Well, I would want to see a price chart. And they'd also probably want to see some ratios. And then, you know, beta and then market cap. And, you know, then and that's kind of like every investing site and every investing app ever is built by these people who don't really get what it's like to be you or me, who we don't really want to see. Well, we want information, but we don't want that information because it's not useful. Mm -hmm. So simply Wall Street, we were like, nah, that stuff sucks. We're going to do a different approach. And that was kind of easy to do a different approach because we're not finance guys like I'm I'm an ex naval architect and my co-founder is um, you know ex banker so we we are not people who are bad at maths or stupid people we just we we haven't got that bias you know mm-hmm. and so we we started off and we, we basically we were already investors ourselves so we knew a bit about it but really what we're doing is trying to say you know how how should someone analyze a company if you're looking at it as a long-term investment, you know, as I said at the beginning, we're looking at it as a company you, you know you're buying into, um, and so I won't go into super detail because it will go on for ages. But and, um, <laughs> if you do want this, if you do want the mega detail, then as you mentioned, uh, Thomas, we have a, we open source our analysis model on GitHub, and um, it's it's like yeah, it's a bit of a beast actually. Uh, it's like seven thousand words or something, but it's like really goes into like why we chose each metric, like what the metric means, like why it's important exactly which data point we use yada 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 like it goes into full detail so at a high level what do we do we look at five different areas well actually six but five that are on this thing we call the snowflake um, which is value value is basically are you getting you know are you, are you getting it for a good price um is it sort of undervalued uh future which is all about the the, the future growth now we talk about future growth we're talking about growth in things like earnings we're not talking about growth and share price um uh, past, how do you just...
1: predict the future? How do we... <laughs> is that, that extrapolated <laughs> well, uh, from so past data? Kind of,
2: or... It's a crystal ball method. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's, um, so basically, because the way Simply Wall Street works is, when, you know, there's no humans uh, fiddling with any of these results. It's all automated. We use analyst data. So you might mm-hmm. look at a stock, you know, like Google, and that might have 40 analysts covering it. And we'll be taking the average or what's called the consensus of uh, those analysts, uh, and, and those analysts, um, I mean, they, they'll be working a lot harder than you or I ever will to come up with these estimates. So I'm not saying they're always right, uh, but you're looking at the average.
1: Okay, gotcha.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, so you've got the future, which as you, as you mentioned, is all, is, is all based on analyst estimates. Um, and then we've got past, which is based on similar thing to the future. So you know, how's the earnings, how have they been improving, and, um, and a bunch of other I guess you could call them ratios, but essentially performance measures. Um, and then we've got health, which is all about financial health and looking at things like debt uh, and then the balance sheet of the company. And then finally, income. Now we, we call it income, but what it, most people would know is dividends. Um, and because we're all about long-term investing, dividends quite important. Um, and so those are the those five bits I just mentioned on this thing we call the snowflake. Uh, and the snowflake is. Basically, a visual representation like a snapshot of a company. And then finally, we also do, Andrew, you mentioned it earlier, with um, we look at management as well. And that's actually one of the cool things that very, very few other um, investing websites are doing, where they, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, you really got to check out the management of that company. But then, like, people are like, oh, but how do I do that? Um, and so, yeah, you know, things like unreasonable CEO compensation and like the years of the board and insider trading, uh, things like that. So, uh, yeah, the models. Well, our model is super comprehensive. Uh, honestly, very, very few uh, individual investors will be going into anywhere near that much detail, and most of them won't even have access to the data to go into that much detail. Um, and also going into that much detail will take your ages. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a super detailed model, so like, basically go and have a, a fun 10-minute read of it.
0: <laughs> so mm. Al, to go back to what we kind of were saying in the beginning on how you're actually not into... Um, buying into individual companies, and you're kind of into, you know, buy and hold, uh, possibly aggregates, and and I'm gonna guess like ideas or concepts. Um, you have this really cool page that I'm looking at now. Um, I guess it's called like Explore Grid Views, and some of them are like potentially undervalued. You know, it says companies that are potentially undervalued based on their future cash flows. You have dividend aristocrats, um, insider trading you know, companies that have like high levels of insider buying. And I guess the thing is you have all these really cool predefined filters to help people find stocks. Can you kind of, uh, explain the mindset behind this and what we're supposed to do with this view?
2: Well, that's all about getting ideas basically, uh, Andrew and, and, you know, um, and that, that comes back to this idea of, I guess, macro, macro themes, you know. Uh, I, I, I like I think one of the ways it's good to think about is people who do invest themselves uh, in, in terms of directly in stocks are kind of going through the same process in a loop, yeah. So they start off by measuring, measuring things and they might be measuring their portfolio or they might be measuring something else that they might be saying, oh, I want to invest 20,000 this year, you know. So you're measuring something, and, uh, and then and then from that you're going to have an idea. That idea might be, oh, I, want to, I want to buy something, or you might want to sell something. Um, and then you're going to go off and you're going to research the idea. So that bit you're talking about is really in that ideas space where, um, you know, it's, this is one, this, this, this thing, people are like, oh, I want to start investing. Well, where, do I, where do I start? Um, And so really that's just to give people ideas Um, and those are pre-made views, but you can make your own. Um, You Mm -hmm. can
1: actually, you can do some pretty cool stuff on there. Um, Yeah. Like how there's this your first investment group on the grid view. So it's just kind of like a, here's a place to start. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that's that view,
2: you know, that what's actually behind that, a lot of the users don't need to know what's behind it because they're not quite yet at that, at that level. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's important. It's something to, to realize the reason a lot of people like to do their own investing is is quite interesting. You know, it's quite interesting learning about this stuff. And and we want to take people on that journey, you know, um, we want to help them learn, you know, you guys, I don't know if you guys notice that whole beginner mode thing that you get on the on the company page, where, you, you know, everything gets explained to you, like, the learning element is actually really important of investing. And even just, you know, people say, oh, you, you know, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't invest in individual stocks. Well, investing in individual stocks is is, is almost like a learning experience for a lot of people.
0: Mm.
1: I did have one question about that. So, I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion on what percentage of your portfolio should be comprised of individual stocks. And I think I might have used comprised the, the wrong way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what is like the minimum investment you should make in a stock? Because as far as I know, you're paying a commission fee every time you make a trade, right? So, like, if I put, like, oh, no, 100 no. bucks no. in, am I basically, like, eating all my potential gains right then?
2: I mean, I think that would have been true two years ago, but Robin Hood's just blown that out of the water, so... Um, oh, really? You know, well, I mean, because basically, yeah, comp- like what you've just said is completely true. Um, and, I mean, you guys are super lucky in the U.S. because you've, you've basically got zero commission brokerage and even before that, you had very cheap uh, you know, brokerage. And so, I mean, what, I mean, what you're saying, Thomas, is you know, once you're once you in commission, there basically, basically becomes a sort of a realistic minimum that you can actually invest because otherwise you're paying such a huge portion in, in commission once you buy and sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually here in Australia at the moment, it kind of sucks because there's only one, well, there's two stock exchanges, but there's only one real stock exchange. And it's $15.00. Typically a trade. Oh, so, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like middle ages, and um, and it's a minimum of five hundred. Uh, you can't you can't do a transaction for less than five hundred. Yeah, so if you buy for five hundred, and then the price goes down, you can't sell it. Uh, which sounds kinda of stupid, but that's how it is. Um so yeah, you yeah. guys are super you, you guys are super lucky there because with things like Robinhood or even some of the other ones that are just cheap, like and we see this on Simply Wall Street, like basically there's no minimum. Like one with with, with fractional shares. So fractional shares is basically where you can own a fraction of a share, not surprisingly, mm-hmm. but the mixture of fractional shares and you no know, commission brokerage is just like makes makes um self-directed investing or direct share investing are basically open to anyone like you can start with like a hundred dollars and you can have a quite a diverse portfolio for a hundred dollars which is kind of insane
1: that's awesome we have our cameras off but my face was like <laughs> you should have seen my yeah, face it looks fresh when crazy. you said $15 yeah. <laughs> fee oh my gosh no it's, ridiculous. Just, oh, it's,
2: it's absolutely nuts and and um i mean what's cool is you know there's a lot of new startups now that are getting into this space and so the people that are going to benefit are, are the consumers so I think that's going to be really great and, and this is exactly why people don't some, a lot of people don't invest because it's exactly like everyone thinks Robin Hood is all about um, commission free trading but it's not all about commission free trading part of what they've done is also make it really easy and understandable like um, it, here in Australia most of the brokerage firms when you sign up you have to like sign a piece of paper and send it off with a scan of your photo with a passport or something. You know, it's like a super complex six-week process. Like, who the hell's going to bother to do that unless you're super, super keen to, to actually, you know, trade or invest, whereas Robinhood did it in seven minutes.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, when I was in high school, I signed up for one of the big trading firms, and it was basically like that. I had to do all of these things, and then, like, three weeks later, this giant packet of information came, and... By that time, I had like looked up their commission fee structure and went, you know what? I don't actually want to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um,
0: do not a lot of people in Australia invest because of these ridiculous rules?
2: No, the opposite. Um, because um, I just don't know why. But there it, was well, two things. Um, first of all, in Australia, you have. Um, what they call mandated super, which would be a similar to you got your guys' 401k kind of thing, where mm-hmm. when I say mandated, everyone when you get paid a salary, basically nine percent has to go into this savings account,
0: wow. which gets wow. invested.
2: So really, so so what's interesting here is that this concept that's uh, you know in the US, I mean mo- I mean a lot of people do have savings, obviously in the US, but not everyone has it. Um, and it's not mandated. And because it's not mandated, people are being pretty shit at it. Um, so that's interesting. So everyone is invested, basically, whether they like it or not. But they can't get to that money until they're, uh, well, the age is gradually getting older, but basically about 65. Um, but in Australia, about 36% of the adult population are direct shareholders. Um, about 33, you know, directly in actual um Individual stocks. So it's pretty popular. Um, and those numbers are quite similar in, um, I think, US is 20%, UK is about that as well. So it, yeah, you'd, it, you'd think it would put people off, um, but it hasn't. And part of the reason that everyone is, that number so high is um, a lot of the, the government, or the public companies were. So they were made public. The, the you know the, some of the utility companies and so everyone bought in and everyone's a shareholder. So that's kind of skewed the numbers a bit. But it, it is extremely popular here. Um, and going back to my thing about commissions, I say yeah, you know, low commissions makes it really easy to invest. But in reality, if you know some of these, a lot of investors are investing amounts where the commission becomes on, almost negligible anyway. So it doesn't really make a difference.
1: Wow. So I've heard that you guys have to vote there and yes. now many you guys have to invest that's kind of interesting <laughs> yes. that's kind of a it's kind of a cool way to set it up because i mean here a lot of people don't bother to vote and they don't bother to invest no exactly and, and that's what's and it's kind of you
2: know forcing behavior and this is it, it's almost quite similar to um property investing where um but one of the reasons property investing sort of works and i'm personally not an advocate of it but is because it forces you to, to save because you, you sign up for 30 years to, play this, to pay this bloody home loan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, forced, it's a forced saving. It's kind of the same thing.
0: Yeah. So, Al, um, the people who come to Simply Wall Street, uh, how do they wind up using it? Um, and, and what do you think is like, the ideal way to use it?
2: Uh, yeah, good question. So the ideal way to use it is to put your portfolio in, <laughs> basically. Because once you put your portfolio in, well, first of all, you, you know, I mean, this is this is the thing is most of our users at the moment already have a portfolio. You know, that's who we're attracting right now. And that's and like, that's a big, big audience.
0: So people have already uh, been investing on their own, not only in like individual funds.
2: Uh, people are already investing on their own who already hold individual funds stocks basically yes mm-hmm. and um when we first started building uh the platform we were we were kind of i guess we were learning and we we're a bit not confused but we weren't 100 percent sure who you know who was our target mar- market was it was it the first time investors or was it mm-hmm. was it the uh the old timers or the people that i'm not saying old timers because the age is all over the place but they're people that already invest and um at the moment, you know, we've, we've kind of honed in on this, this, this group that already invests. And basically, the reality is that most people that already invest, and I'm sure you guys would agree with this, uh, just because they invest doesn't mean they know what they're doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Uh, and so they're, they're a great place to start because they're already invested, there's no behavior change going on, and we can help them. Um, and that's also what we find interesting is there's tons of other fintech companies out there, like, um, you know, like the robo-advisors coming out with all these products but really these products only help new investors like if you're an existing investor I mean it's pretty unlikely you're just going to like sell everything and give it over to someone you know some robo advisor mm-hmm. um, so we're really trying to help this group of people who already have portfolios, uh, a lot of them might have what you might call sick portfolios but not sick in the good way um, you know and uh, and they kind of you know they've, they've gone on that journey and they, you know, they might need a little bit of help and what we help them do is just to start off with, understand their portfolio, like what are they actually holding right now? You know, What are their stock, what, what are their holdings look like? Um, and most people have this weird concept of their portfolio, like I actually see this all the time, people have it on their phone and they just have it as like a list uh, of everything they hold and they look at it every day and all they see is a number going up and down.
0: And, and they have probably, no concept you, of like why or, or the, the purpose of those companies. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And, th- and then they get like super obsessed with, with price. And then, uh, and there's just like, no wonder that people get making insanely bad decisions if you if you if that's how you treat your portfolio.
0: Listen, Money Matters is brought to you by SoFi, a new kind of finance company. SoFi is helping people save money on their student debt. In fact, Members who refinance refinanced their student loans save an average of $19,000. They get free perks like career services. That includes one-on-one career coaching, negotiation tips, and personal brand building services. The big banks don't do that, so don't bank. See how SoFi can help you at SOFI.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com legal. We're always talking about saving money, and there's a new app that puts cash in your pocket for everyday shopping. It's called Ibotta. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. No coupons or remembering promo codes. Instead, download the Ibotta app to earn cash on groceries, electronics, restaurants, clothes, and, of course, beer. Just unlock, shop, and get cash. Download Ibotta free from the App Store and get $10 just for trying it when you enter the code MONEY. Ibotta. For cash back every time you shop. So you, you had mentioned sick portfolios. And uh, so, so let's say I have a sick portfolio, right? I sign up for Simply Wall Street. I don't know that I have a sick portfolio. I obviously think that I'm an awesome investor because I'm me. And, <laughs> uh, I, I add my, my stocks into like a portfolio on Simply Wall Street. How do you guys uh, let me know that my choices may not be the best or that I'm like too risky and I don't know, sugar water or something?
2: Yeah, well, exactly. So first of all, there's like really basic stuff, which it sounds, it's kind of one of those things like everyone knows you should do, but they don't do it, uh, is things like diversification, like simple things. Um, Like in Australia, for example, a lot of um, investors are just super heavy on either banks or mining, uh, which is, you know, partially just because that's where the market cap is. And also that's what's been, you know, a big part of Australia's history, but you know, their portfolios are super undiversified and it's like really, really simple. And, and we do that through visualization. Like we show them what, you know, where, where they, you know, what industries they're holding, but we do it in a really detailed way. Um, and likewise, also on in individual holdings. Um, and it's one of these interesting things. You've got all these robo advisors. You're like, oh yeah, you know, we rebalance your portfolio every year, you know, and like, what is rebalancing? Like rebalancing, is literally just resetting it back to the the the, um, the allocations that they think are best for you. Where it's in a kind of way, it's the same for your equities, you know, for your stocks. It's kind of saying, well, hang on, you, you bought this stock and it went up thirty percent, and now like literally a third of your portfolio is in this one stock, you know, that kind of thing. So it's really this starts off like really basic, really basic things like that. Um, obviously each company in your portfolio has a snowflake. And so just from that alone, and as, as you mentioned earlier, that report that we have is super detailed. So, you know, you can like, like okay. most, for most people, uh, they probably forgot why they bought the company in the first place or, or the company's <laughs> changed a lot, what well, the company's changed a lot since they bought it. So it's quite interesting for them to be like, oh, well, it's a dividend pair now, you know, they mm-hmm. probably bought it when it, when it was a, you know, like a growth stock or something. So there's that part. And then I guess. Um, and this isn't an area that we go too heavily in at the moment, but we, you know, we'll be going down that route when we feel, when we're ready. But you know, like we don't. For, just to be clear, like we don't make any recommendations on on Simply Wall Street. Like you guys have probably realize that, but right. you'd be surprised yeah. how many people get confused. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't tell you, oh, sell this company. But you know, what we might do is say, well, this company, you know, is you know, it's up five percent. It's got. It's looking like quite overvalued. it's got no growth and it's got super high debt, like yeah you know, kind kind of hinting at it that mm-hmm. <laughs> for you to make that decision on your own. Um, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's, there's all that analysis we do on the companies we also do on your portfolio. So this is kind of cool that we know every company in simply Wall Street we do uh, what's called discounted cash flow. Uh, I actually think we're the only people that do a discounted cash flow on portfolios because we aggregate the discounted cash flows of all the companies in your portfolio. So stuff like that is is a bit more advanced. You know, look like you know we meant you mentioned PE ratio earlier, earlier, Andrew, and you know what's the PE ratio of your portfolio? Like that's actually quite interesting. You know,
1: so um, people like me who know nothing about individual stocks, what what's the discounted cash flow mean? Uh, this kind of cash flow is, is very simple.
2: It, all, all it's doing is saying this is the amount of money this company is going to earn in the future, and what is the value of that money today?
1: Okay, so is that just taking like inflation models and and just using that to adjust for today's dollars what it will make uh, ten years from now or something like that? Or
2: uh, it's it's basically assuming that the money um, it's, it's but yeah it's, it's it's accounting for. Inf- it's accounting for inflation.
1: Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Basically exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I just thought of, cause you mentioned that people forget why they buy stocks. Um, it might be cool to have a feature where in the portfolio people can just add a note to a stock they add, just be like, I'm adding this for this reason or something could be something interesting. Just to go back and see like, what was my rationale for adding this two years ago or something? Yeah, no, that's definitely, and that's something that we. Well,
2: first of all, we have historical snowflakes, so there's there's an argument that you you can use that and say, yeah. oh, I bought it when it was like this. But but yeah, I, I completely agree. Like um, even just like I mean, notes is one thing. Or even just printing out, like what did the stock look like back then? You know that kind of thing. Yeah, I completely agree. People people have <laughs> quite bad memories uh, of those of those kind of things. And then also what you have to remember. I don't know what the what the case is in in the US if it's quite to the same extent, but in in Australia historically a lot of people using um, what's called full service brokers. So that's you know your kind of Wolf of Wall Street style broker who's on the phone to you and going like, hey, you know, Thomas, you should really buy this stock, like it's yeah. really gonna you <laughs> know, that kind of stuff. And like that's that's still happening today. Like that's literally still happening. Yeah. And, uh, and most of these people are just like, yeah, sure, sounds good, uh, and they have no idea. And then, so then you, we get these people loading their portfolios onto Simply Wall Street, and they're like, what the fuck, like, what has this guy done? Like, <laughs> what, what have I been buying? It's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah. So their it's, note it's,
1: section just says, bought it because a man on the phone told me to buy it. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, these people, are, they're salesmen, they're not, they're not brokers, mm-hmm. you mean know, they are brokers, but they're basically salesmen. I think that's sort of something well, I think things like the you know The Wolf of Wall Street are actually good movies because they make people realize what what's really well. It's not all like that, but it, some of it is.
1: Yeah, I suppose I suppose one little maxim we can establish is never make a stock pick decision off of a guy on the phone who is paid to tell you to make this decision. Hey, well, that's it. That,
2: that that's really what it comes down to is is that their their fundamental driver is wrong. Like they make money from you transacting, so they don't really care about your returns. What they want to do is they just want you to transact. Um, yeah. and, and if you think about it like that, it all sort of oh, starts to make sense now. Um, and actually the same with the the brokers. So I mean, not so much Google Finance, what you mentioned earlier, Andrew, but you know a lot of the other brokers, um, like Fidelity and, and you know all those ones like Trade King and such, and even Robinhood to an extent, um, like they they make money from transactions, so they want you to transact. So of course they're going to make their, their UX and they're going to make, you know, they, they're going to, they're not going to build a site that, that, that um, tries to encourage just holding because that
1: would be very bad for their businesses. Mm. Right. So what is your guys' monetization strategy? Because I noticed there's not an ability to invest in a stock on the site. Um, so what are your future plans for keeping the business afloat and growing it?
2: Um so f- from the business point of view, so we uh recently started uh charging for our kind of unlimited plan. So we have like two plans. There's always a free version of Simply Wall Street, um, which does have some limitations, but I mean the idea is that if you're if you're like just getting started in investing, then that plan uh is it should should suit you. And then there's a like an unlimited plan, which is at the moment um, I think it is fifty eight dollars a year, so it's pretty affordable. Okay. Um, and then, and then that's limited. And to be honest, like you know, the, as you guys probably noticed, to, to to drive that analysis model, there's a lot of data that goes in there, and we have to buy that data. So it's yeah. like it's fundamentally not a site that can be well not yet, maybe one day, but you know, we need to pay for that data. Um, so that's the model. Uh, we're not. We actually have no intention of doing brokerage ourselves, mm-hmm. um, just because I think there's already enough uh, heat in that game. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think I just I mean I think it's going to be great for you and I, like consumers, because it's going to go cheaper and cheaper. As I was saying, um, you are going to be able to transact on the site, but we're going to be doing that through um, some friends of ours who run a startup called Trade It. That I don't know if you guys might have heard of. But basically, it's a good sort of
1: it, it will allow you to trade in Simply Wall Street but but using your broker. Gotcha. So once that feature is implemented, is there going to be any sort of change to the UX to add in um, share price or anything like that? Or is is it going to be kind of like a, <laughs> hey, go do your own research somewhere else if you want to know what the share price is and buy on fundamentals here? Um, <laughs> good question. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy it, you need to know the price. But I actually, this is a big... Problem I have. I mean, you guys, I'm guessing, have done a bit of buying and selling of shares, but like even that experience, when you have, you know, you go buy and you have like a 15 second timer, you know, quote to make your decision, like that is not very user friendly and it's really off putting if you're just buying and holding, you know. So that's what happens. You
0: have
1: 15 seconds. Well, isn't that how how does it work for you guys? I've okay, so. People are probably going to leave bad reviews saying Thomas doesn't know what he's talking about. But I've never (laughs) bought an individual stock before. I have only bought index and mutual funds. So I I know Andrew's bought individuals before, though.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but so what do you mean when you say uh, like a 15 second? You mean before the price changes to something different?
2: Yes, you go. So you go, Okay, you know, Apple, whatever. And Mm -hmm. you go, Okay, give me a quote on that. And you have to make a decision on uh, on that price in the market at that time. Mm -hmm. That's one way to buy. other way to buy is, is you know, um, to set a target and then wait for it to come to that price.
0: I see what you're saying. Okay. So I've usually, and um, maybe this is like my lack of effort or that I put in, or maybe it's a good thing. Probably probably a good thing. Like I just have done my research on like Apple, you know, I own like everything they've made. So I'm just going to buy, and I just decide, I'm all right, I'm going to buy their stock. I go and I buy it. The The price is kind of arbitrary. If I've done the research, you know, if it's... Ninety-three dollars, ninety-two dollars. You um, buy stocks
1: like I buy my groceries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you Throw should buy them.
2: In the car. That's, how you should, that's how you should buy them. In the in the, you know, like I we we are very much subscribed to the value. You know, in terms of don't get distracted by price. So if you mm-hmm. do want to buy Apple, just how much do you want to buy, and then and then work it out. Like and, and for some reason people still get super super hung up on this idea of share price, and even to the extent where they're like oh, but that company's share price is higher than the other one. Therefore, it must be better. I mean, really kind of basic things like that, you know?
0: You guys um, have this section or site where it says use that, and it says use that MIT, Stanford, Princeton, Harvard, Stern, Berkeley, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what are these? I mean, there's like an awesome uh, list of like top-tier colleges that are, that are using you guys. What are they using you guys for? Are they teaching classes based on your analysis? Um.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that the class is based on it, but the, yeah, they, they use it, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, like actually, quite a few of the um, lecturers uh, use it when they when they do their. Um, it, it gets used a lot in MBAs, which is not what we intended, but it's how it does. I think I think it's just because. Um certainly the discounted kind of cash flow is something that gets taught a lot and and the way we do it is like very, very easy to understand. Um and also it's available for every company that's listed. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's basically why it's become so popular
1: there. Interesting. Cool. So the most um I've been wanting to ask this question for a while, I haven't gotten to it. The most prominent feature of any page is the snowflake. And mm. I noticed that like a bigger snowflake is green and the smaller it gets, it gets more steadily and steadily red. Now, (laughs) is a red snowflake bad categorically or does it just mean this is maybe only good in one area and you need to know what you're doing if you're going to get this stock?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, basically, the color is purely an identification. Okay. Uh, Just purely to help you identify. But saying that, if you are someone who does, you know, invest based off fundamentals, and you know, likes companies that are not horrifically in debt, then you know, <laughs> basically, if it's a small red dot, it's 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 in a way, it's it's a warning because it's saying this company is something, it's not scoring on any of these metrics. So if you're going to invest, then you've got to have a bloody good reason. <laughs> to invest that like you really have to know. And that's what we're trying to get through to people. Same with what I mentioned earlier about these brokers who are like phoning up and saying, hey, you should buy this stock. And then you go and look at it and you're like, uh, what? <laughs> you know, like this is a piece of shit. Like, wh- like, wh- why would I buy this? Um, and it, so in, in a way, it's, and it's not trying to say invest or not. It's just trying to make you aware. Really, it's a really quick way of being aware of what's going on there.
1: Okay. So it's just trying to say like on the metrics we look at, it's not hitting any of these so
2: yeah exactly and and, you know just to be be really clear about that like for example like the value metrics I mean value is one of those classic things like if someone's like tells you oh you know um, here's a beer for like I don't know is is, is a dollar really cheap for
1: a beer over there yeah. The, okay. well, at a bar I at, or a like bar,
2: like yeah. at a bar at store yeah at a bar they're like okay here, here's a beer for a dollar and you would be like uh, what's wrong with that beer you know <laughs> and so it's the same thing for stocks like it's, if it's super cheap like you gotta be like okay well why is it cheap you know it's, it's the same kind of idea like generally speaking you know there's something there's probably something going on there
1: what is uh intrinsic value? Like I'm looking at the snowflake and that, that value category starts with uh, discount to intrinsic value. Mm, mm.
2: So the intrinsic value comes back to what you mentioned earlier. So it, I didn't really finish that off very well, but if you, if you said, okay, this is the amount of money that this company is going to earn going forward. And you said, what we're going to do is take the value of that money today. And then you said, and then let's divide that total amount of money by the number of shares that are available, then you would get a share price. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's basically coming up with a value for a stock um, based on, um, it doesn't have to be cash flows, it could be anything, but it's essentially a calculate. the best way to think about it would be like a calculated value for a stock. Um, and so, and this, and this is like, people get really into this, and that's why for us, like, intrinsic value is only two out of 30 checks on the snowflake. Like it's, it's important, but it's not, you know, you, we don't, we're not trying to say, oh, just purely invest on intrinsic value. Um, but yeah, it, it's, and and, you, and and if you click on that chart, you can see the detail behind the calc. Like there's a lot of assumptions that go in there and, and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's fundamentally like it's, it's an important way of, um, of valuing It's a way of valuing a stock. Um, okay, and if, you, and if you think about um, this, is, I know also one of the other things that we don't purposely put on on simply Wall Street is the um, price targets. And so you, I'm sure you guys have seen this. You know, our analyst price target for this stock is you know you know x dollars or something. But really, what they're doing there is that's their intrinsic value for that for that stock.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So in mm-hmm. in super simple terms, it's this company's share price is. Either too high for the money we predict it will make, or what it's currently making, or whatever whatever factor, or it's or it's lower and it's undervalued, which means the value of the stock is high. Exactly. Yeah like we we
2: think this we think this stock's worth thirty dollars and it's it's only you know it's available at twenty. Sweet. It's like saying you know man this beer is is worth eight dollars but I'll give it to you for five or the other way around. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well. I don't have plans to start picking individual stocks quite yet. But (laughs) if I do, I think like this is going to be the first stop for me because I look at Google Finance and I'm like, okay, the charts look cool and I can kind of puzzle out some things if I stare at it for long enough. But for the most part, I'm like, I don't, I feel like I need to go on like a 10 hour Wikipedia binge to learn everything about the company if I want to be able to, you know, meaningfully use this data in a holistic context.
2: I mean, I would just, I would just create a Robinhood account and Mm. put $50 in there and have a go. It's not about it. by, you know, by doing, it will force you to get, I mean, starting is the first step, you know, so I'll just Mm. go and I'll just get into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I actually, I'm sure Andrew knew about this. I didn't know about Robinhood. Uh, Or at least I feel like I've heard of it, but I didn't know they had no transaction fee. So that's a pretty cool mm-hmm. thing I'm gonna look into.
0: Yeah, they're they're uh, like uh, it's not sponsored by I guess the uh, Google invested them invested into them so I don't really okay. have to turn a profit just yet. Um, <laughs> oh sweet! <laughs> yeah, th- and th- they basically like say that on their website. They're like, we have a lot of money, so we're just gonna do this right now.
1: That's awesome. Are they planning on adding in fees later, or are they just gonna see if they can find some other monetization strategy?
0: Uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have like a, a premium advice tier, and that's how they'll make money in the future. Something okay. like that, but it would be like always fee free. Mm. Um, yeah, I think so I like, think they
2: managed to to create a business that is a lot more efficient than a normal um, a normal execution broker, which is like say a Fidelity or or what have you. Um, so I think as part of that, they saved money. There they, they are some things where they they can make money as well. Mm. Um, the spreads are probably higher. So the spread is the difference between the like the buy and the sell bid and the ask. And also up until recently, the, the time to settle the transaction was longer and also they typically would make money from any cash you leave sitting in the account, which all the brokers do often. So there's a few little things. I I, I think it's sustainable. I don't think you should worry about using them as a broker and then in a year's time, oh, what, the fees went up? Like, I don't think that should be a a concern. But you need something basically you need simply Wall Street to to do it properly because on its own it's the the app's super nice, like it's got really nice UX and stuff, but like there's no information there. So and if you went on it now, Thomas, you'd be like, "Mm, what do I buy? You know, (laughs) and then you and then you'd be like doing what Andrew said, where you'd be like, Oh, I'll just buy Apple because I'm using a Mac right now. Mm. (laughs) Which isn't isn't necessarily the best way to research the stock.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have no idea what like the CEO is doing or something. On that note, I, I was looking at the Apple page on Simply Wall Street, and uh, you guys mentioned there was like the CEO compensation area. So I looked at that, and Tim Cook's compensation is like, huge in 2011, 2012, and then it like, dips to basically baseline, like nothing. So I was like, is he taking no salary? And then yes. I hovered over it, and it's like, no, his salary last year was $10 million. It's <laughs> just that back in 2011, it was like $350 million.
2: But that that wouldn't have oh been gosh. salary.
1: That would We're been, not salary you know, compensation? Yeah. Op- op- yeah,
2: op- options and stuff. The, the compensation thing doesn't really. It's really tough to do for the big ones. But when it's really interesting, is the smaller stocks because what you have is these ridiculous. Uh, and there was like Chesapeake Chesa- or was a classic one with Audrey. Um, but like they. <laughs> Like these CEOs, like they'll like the company will like lose money, or even, and and then they'll pay themselves more, like stuff like that. And you're like, why would I invest in a company that does that? You know, oh, like yeah. it's just really basic stuff. And for like average investor, like that's like quite difficult to check like those kind of things. Because what are you going to do? You have got to go first of all, got to find the CEO's conversation going back in time, and then you got to go find the earnings going back in time, and then you got to compare them. Like it's you know
1: that kind of stuff
2: is is, is annoying. It's a lot of effort. <laughs>
1: I think the solution here is just to become the CEO of a big company and increase (laughs) your salary. That's the best investment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Andrew, I hereby elect myself as CEO of LMM and uh,
0: I'm going to need a million (laughs) dollars. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're also declaring bankruptcy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dude, but uh, I I love your tool. Um, I I think Uh, like you have awesome analysis and it's like weird because we're we're talking about the details, but the visual like doesn't really, I mean, you can't come through in, in radio. Um, but it's a beautiful, like very intuitive site. Um, how long have you been building this for?
2: Uh, we've been building it for, um, basically almost 18 months now, but we launched it within four months, but the version we launched within four months was, was, quite basic like for example it didn't have portfolios which is one of the most important parts of the, of the site um, but we very much subscribe to this what's called lean startup kind of method of of, of of creating a business where you very much test each bit as you go rather than just going like oh this will be great. I'm just going to build it and everyone's mm-hmm. going to love it. So, um, yeah. and, and that's worked, that that's worked really, really well for us. And, um, and, you yeah, know, we're a pretty small team, but we, you know, we love, we really love building stuff. It's like, it's just amazing. And what's awesome now is that, you know, we've got, like most people that use the site, of, they're in the US. Um, and it's, it's just so good when you actually have people emailing you and being like, this is amazing. I, I, this is really, really helping me. And that's kind of, once you, once you build something and you get people, Coming back to you and really like appreciating it, it's it's just it really helps you just you know to improve the product and just make it the best the best product ever.
0: Well, dude, for 18 months, this is incredibly impressive what you yeah. guys have built, and I can only imagine how much lacking of a life you've had in those 18 months to, <laughs> to pull this off.
1: I don't know, man. It's says you uh, know is windsurfing. True. Sure. Yeah, windsurfing, yeah. a bit of drinking. You know, you just uh. <laughs> you're making me want to go windsurf. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, If people want to connect with you other than going to Simply Wall Street, which it's not SimplyWallStreet.com, it's like SimplyWall.st, right? Or do you guys have a .com as well?
2: We do have a .com, but yeah, it's SimplyWall.st, which is Simply Wall Street. Um, But yeah, uh, just Google it. It's really easy to find.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, if you have questions about this, we'll have more details in the show notes. Uh, other questions, you can email us, uh, list of money matters at com, or join our community of money nerds over at com slash join. And uh, lastly, you can find all of our favorite tools and apps and resources of which I'm guessing this is going to go on to our little toolbox pretty soon over at matters.com slash toolbox. So thanks for listening, Al. Thanks for being on the show and uh, talk to you guys in the next episode. Later, man. Later.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Please tell your
0: friends about this show. We'd like to thank SoFi for supporting the show. If you have debt, you should make it cheaper. Visit SoFi.com for details taking care of business every day.